Welcome to the Imagine Place podcast. I'm your host, Doug Shapiro, and I'm searching for voices that can help inspire a more creative and courageous youth. Thrilled to bring you Gary Vance. With over 45 years of experience, Gary has been the architect for countless healthcare facilities across the country. I was first drawn to Gary because of his wonderful book series, The Kid Architect. It aims to inspire and inform the next generation of architects, very creatively executed. And after hosting him at our office and hearing firsthand about his journey, I knew that his wit and wisdom would make for a fantastic interview. Gary gives us a window into much of the change that he's witnessed in healthcare design over his career. This short conversation is like a ray of sunshine. It's just great to know that you can do something for so long and still find so much joy. Well, it's it's so nice to have an audience, Jordan. <laughs> I'm listening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jordan, say hello real quick. Hey, everybody. So Jor- Jordan's filming us right now. I'm usually by myself in my basement. And so, you know, like I really feel special now. Uh, have some natural light here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Gary, it was it was great to be with you in person. Uh, it was a wonderful dinner last night. Wonderful getting to know you uh, and kind of hearing you share things about your career. So it's made me even more excited to interview you today. Good. I'm delighted to get here to do this. I, I admire your podcast. Thank and, you. And the variety that it is and uh, the age. Uh, that you the the age grouping that you do a variety of ages yeah 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 which I it, like. yeah we 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 try to reach and we try to reach outside the profession too yeah um, not just to talk to designers and architects but to to people adjacent to us um, but yeah speaking of adjacent you're not just an architect right you're also an author yes uh, and that's pretty cool and that's one of the things that attracted us to you is the kid architect series um, do you want to explain quickly what the kid architect series is. Sure. So it's basically a book series that the goal is to introduce architecture and design and the related professions to young people. And by young people, we mean K to 12, kindergarten to 12. I sometimes get a funny look on an educator's face who says, in the look, how can it be for 13 years? You know, is, is it is a book for kindergartners or is it a book for high schoolers? Is, you know, I get that question or for grade school. And I said, well, it's both. And they kind of give me the quizzical look. And I said, well, it has depth. Uh, a kindergartner, my kid, my four or five-year-old grandson can look at it and look at the pictures and we can talk about in point. A high schooler can read the words and can think in depth of what that really means. And so, and everywhere in between. I absolutely agree. And you know what's funny? I was looking at the book. I didn't pick up on that, but I, I, I did pick up on the idea that... Um, this is kind of like a self-service book. Like you can open this up to any page and kind of be drawn in. And I love all the, it, it, it's almost like a collection of all the ideas of what architecture could be from the history of it to the importance of it, to the the people that do it, little things about their life. And mm-hmm. it's this it's this way to engage in the idea of architecture in whatever you're most excited about, whether it's the people that do it or the places or the details, uh, all of that's in there. And it's a really fun way to explore that profession. 
Yeah, it is the public art as well, uh, which which is part and parcel to major projects. The the one of the fun things, Doug, is that there's a number of people that we've sold books to who said it's for my father who always wanted to be an architect, or it's for my grandfather because he admired this building, and th- and that's fun. And I've had comments from adults who the book was given as a gift. Uh, I have a, a good friend where we live whose mother lives in Columbus, Indiana, and for years and years she did the tours of the architectural buildings in Columbus. Oh, she just loved the gift. Oh, I bet. I mean, it's 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 like it's like if you if you ever wanted to make a scrapbook on architecture, and you and you didn't have the the time or the know how or or whatever or the time to do all the research that you've done, but this is it. I'm giving it to you. This yeah. is your scrapbook. And you can enjoy it regardless of your age. That's so immersive. It's really, really cool what you've put together. One, one other fun thing is, Doug, that so our, our children, our adult children are our team. And so we labored and labored over whether what kid architect would look like, decided not to have anybody. But we did not labor over the graphic layout. A daughter-in-law put something out there for us all to consider, and it's what you see today. It, it was a hit. It was a, it was a grand slam. Because you know you can go over and over and over that, and it that's was that was choice one. That was option one. Awesome. Well, I I, I love the work you've done there. Um, it's inspired a lot of curiosity around you and your career. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to get into that. Talking with you yesterday, one of the things that we got into was um, this sort of like BCAD moment in your career. It's forty six years of practice. Mm-hmm. 23 years of those practice was pre-computer, 23 years post-computer. That's super interesting. Yeah. I mean, what, I, I have questions about it. Before I get into those questions, I mean, yeah. is, is there anything you want to say about that specifically? Well, you ought to see my basement. It's, it's divided into 23 years of pre-computer, <laughs> all the drawings, all the reports, and then just a little section because everything's on... Uh, some things are on floppy disk. Sure, remember those? And oh gosh, that that kind of a thing. So uh, it 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 adds a really very interesting fabric to a career. And so so the the middle point for me was when I worked for a firm and we added email. They, they said we're going to email guys and gals, and through that process, that was that was the middle point. And then we had to be taught how to use email. <laughs> I mean, what, what was the? Did you uh, did you have any? fear in those moments? And because I, I'm, we're looking at it, and you and I talked about this yesterday, yeah. but we're looking at this as like, well, the next 23, if there's a next 23, would be a, AI, right? That mm-hmm. would be the next divider. So we're yes. at another division. We, and, and, there, and there are people who are fierce, you know, fearful of, of what it will mm-hmm. do. And then there are people excited. Where were you 23 years ago? Oh, that's, that's a great question. I think, well, architecture inquisitive. We are mm-hmm. curious. You know, curious. Not afraid, knew that's where we're going, but curious, how are we going to use these tools and what advantage do we have? So one of the things that I think you find fascinating is on the CAD, computer-aided drawing and drafting, when we started having, and I work in planning, so I work at the front end of projects. When you would take a CAD drawing and you're in the midst of reshaping and beginning to morph what this project is, we were not getting any comments because they thought it was done. They thought they couldn't comment because it looked done. It was a CAD drawing. <laughs> it, it looked done. And so we learned very quickly, one of the things we need to start doing was saying, now look, this is, this is just a schematic. We can make all kinds of changes. 
And for and it took it took clients a while to understand that. Yeah, yeah, I could I could feel it. Whereas a hand drawing feels like, oh, this is you know this is a rough draft. We're okay. We can <laughs> yeah. finesse this how we need to. And, and so we did try. Uh, I don't I don't remember the exact technical term, but there was a setting where you could go squiggly lines, <laughs> but that never that never really replaced the hand drawing. Sure. But there was a squiggly line setting. We tried that. Uh, there became a, a type of a press type, printing type that was chisel, which looked like hand looked like architectural lettering, um, but that didn't quite replace it because sure. our, our architectural lettering on a freehand drawing you let it just go, it's not precise. Yeah, yeah. Chisel was precise, so but but I think that was also the the learning curve of clients too. So so what what which one, pre computer post computer? What what part of your career? Would you relive? Like, what's the what's the one that you're nostalgic for, or that that, that you oh enjoyed God. the most? <laughs> That's a, you know, there are parts and pieces of each, but but I think I would go back to the learning mm. of architecture, the learning of being a professional, the learning of being working with clients, the learning stage. You know, we're uh, architects are perpetual learners. Yeah, but that was learning on steroids. Right. That was that was drinking water out of a fire hydrant. And so maybe that part, it was so fun, so immersive. Um, and you were at a point where it was okay to make mistakes. Now you're now you're you know, now you're a professional. They, they cost it, a lot of money now when they, you make they mistakes. Cost, <laughs> you you're not really expected to make many mistakes. And so I, I think I yearned maybe for the first ten years, first yeah. five years. Okay. I think. Awesome. Okay, here's some fun questions I wrote down. Mm-hmm. Don't know why it came to me, but I thought if architects could have a sixth sense, what would it be? That's that's a great question, Doug. I wish I could read people's mind. Oh. Because are they being polite that they like the design? Do they really like the design? Are they being harsh that they don't like the design just because because so, so what's the real meaning of what I'm hearing? Oh, yeah. How can you hear what they're not saying? Yeah, because through time, we've heard both. Yeah. You know, you go, you do a meeting. Oh, it's a great meeting. You get back to the office or you get an email. Gary, we're, we're not doing well. We missed. And you're thinking, well, it was a great meeting. Everybody smiled and they liked it. So what's, what's the real thoughts? That they're having. You just need to be able to take that sixth sense and turn it off when you get home, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or when you're, driving, when you're driving, you think someone <laughs> cut you off. Uh, I, I will say the other thing, Doug, that is true. People have gotten better at reading drawings, meaning sometimes I'm not sure they know what they're seeing. Yeah. And so we work hard trying to explain, okay, this room has five lay-in tiles. Each one's two feet. And you see them look up, you see them count, and this is 10 feet by 20 feet. Okay, on this drawing, that's 10 feet by 20 feet. And then you see them, they either, okay, good, or, oh, that's not going to be big enough. So, right. so the context, I think they, but they've gotten better because if you're a healthcare person, you've been through projects, you've seen drawings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with time, I think people have gotten better with that. Okay, well, here, here, here's another question. I'm, I'm kind of playing off this idea of being a perpetual learner, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. 
um, which I agree, I think in probably any profession, right? Mm -hmm. Certainly in the ones that are going through massive change. I know healthcare design is one of those. Um, I think about workplace, I, you know, that's, that's the lens I'm more familiar with. And I think about, wow, there's things we did when I first joined this industry. And I'm like, I can't believe we put people <laughs> in cubicles or, you know, we put yeah. people in those straight rows of benching all 48 inches apart and they were, you know, or less. And, you know, yeah. they were, and it's like, do we, um, is, is there something we, we did in healthcare or that maybe you did? And you, and you look back on that and you're like, God, I can't believe we did that. Recovery rooms, uh, cubicles, cubicle curtains with a track. And every eight feet, there's one of those. And so I may come out of surgery or I maybe had just an outpatient procedure. I'm doing fine. And the guy next to me is just in excruciating pain. And you're hearing all that. <laughs> or, or you know, someone's a little loopy and they're singing happy days are here again. I, so, so it's the whole notion of putting people at a very vulnerable state next to each other with no barrier Except just a visual barrier, that, that, like a curtain. Yeah, doesn't yeah. mean anything. Yeah, that's I think of that. Yeah, we're now there independent rooms, and you can also that's where you start. You leave your belongings there. You get into your gown, but you also come back there. But you recover in privacy. Yeah. So yeah. I guess it's those situations where there was noise. There, Doug, there used to be two person labor rooms. So oh two, yeah. so two ladies side by side in a cubicle. In labor. <laughs> now that they really were painting pain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No kidding. So I so I think it's the it's the de privatization, the dehumanity. If those are even words, when yeah. we put people side by side. Yeah. We yeah. did it. Wow. So that that makes sense as one. Is is there something on your mind that we might be doing now uh, that you could that you think we could look back on and be like, wow, that that's one of those things. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be going through this. Sure. Drivers training. Why why do we put them in real cars right away when we have simulators? Oh man, that are world class. That's uh, a. I mean, I know that's totally not necessarily designed, but yeah, yeah, no brainer. So think about we do it with air pilots. Yeah, absolutely. So I did it. I mean, I'm, I was really was on the road with a loved one, uh, brother, sister, mom, or dad, and we could have just crashed big time. You don't know how hard to brake. You don't know how to really turn at that point. I mean, there will come a time when we're going to look back and be like, I can't believe we drove cars. Yeah, you know, like we had people driving cars on a highway seventy miles per hour. Can you believe it? Yeah. So, so I, that came to me. Just that's uh, huh. just that's an odd thing we do. It is an odd thing we do. You're right. I mean, the si simulation seems like such a natural uh, idea, especially with the headsets and everything where we're at. Okay, right after now. this, Doug, Doug and Gary Simulation Inc. We're, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna move on <laughs> yeah, that somehow. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta get a patent for that quick because <laughs> you're gonna beat us to it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Here we go. Um, I don't know. This was just listening to you speak earlier. I was, I, I wrote down the words, think like an architect. So what does that mean? What would that mean to you? A scary thought. Because there are times I'll be driving down the road 
and I'm thinking like an architect, as opposed to just going out to dinner. And I'll say to my wife or to somebody, those two houses are so close together, and they didn't they didn't push that. They, you know, they the they don't line up. These two houses, the front yard is not in alignment, which it is ninety percent of the time. Sure. And or I'll say, oh, that is just an ugly second story to a wonderful first story. <laughs> uh, the life of the architect is is looking at everything all the time, mm. all the, all the spaces. But but you got to turn it off. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a movie where what was the, oh, uh, there's a couple movies come to mind. I don't even remember the names, but where they're just taught. There's a whole different thing going on than what seems to be going on. So, but we learn not to have it on all the sure. time. But there are times where I'll comment about something as we're driving, or I'll just say, "Nice, nice massing." You know, I guess. Like, will, will you please I, stop? I, Gary? Yes, yeah. I get the rolled eyes. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, you have, you have such a joy when you talk about your profession. Where's that coming from? It's just, it's just a great job. It's it's a great job. Yeah, that's a good gig. Um, we don't do anything the same from one day, one day to another. Is never the same. Yeah. Uh, we we walk into meetings. People are smiling, happy to see us because they're creating. Right. You know, they're creating something, whatever it is. Rarely are we fixing or repairing. It does happen, but most of the time it's it's very positive. Um, it's it's just it's it's fun. Uh, it's it's just a, a, it's a pleasure to be an architect. It's I, you, I don't know how many you know, but we're we're happy people. Yeah, I would gen, I would say absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we, we're just blessed. Yeah, you guys work a little too much sometimes. But. Oh, listening to my <laughs> wife. <laughs> I know, uh, but but actually, the work is the work is a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I ask every guest about career advice, and it's one of my favorite things to learn mm-hmm. about. It's my favorite things to 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 hear. So um, maybe it's advice you were given, or it's advice that you love to give. What's coming to you? It, the advice is understand what an architect does before you want to become one. In, mm-hmm. Investigate, and we, have, we just live in a wonderful internet world a world where people are doing camps architecture camps and i was uh, i participate sometimes in the ball state one and the professor told me once that half the kids who came left not wanting to be architects and we both looked at each other at the same time and said that's good if if that's if it helps you understand what you don't want to do that's yeah. important too yeah cuz that's that's very sad when someone invests all of money time resources and that's not what they want to do. Yeah. And so uh yeah, so it's it's about just educating, talk about it. It goes back to the kid architect books. There are camps. Uh NOMA, National Association of Minority Architects, has a project pipeline series that they do nationwide every year. And so it's just about trying to educate to understand what it is and what it isn't. And kind of back when we were doing it, uh there was no it was it was sink or swim. Like it or leave it, love it or leave it. It, it was just difficult. Yeah, I, I know. I would like to think for every architect that there is that maybe didn't want to be one. Really, there's probably four or five that aren't that should have been. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and they just them. didn't get the exposure. They didn't have that book in their hands as a kid. Yeah, to show them what architecture is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so it's 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 a profession that we need to continue to work 
at informing young people what it is and what it isn't, what it's about. Although, as I always say, it's architecture and the related professions because we need interior designers, construction managers, planners, landscape architects. It's yeah. all tied together. Yeah. So speaking of aspirations, right, and wishing to be something, what what would you be doing if you weren't doing that? Oh, gosh. I mean, you said landscape architecture, yeah. and it just it put me outdoors, and I was like, oh, I'd love to spend more time outdoors. <laughs> You think we're happy and smile? They really are happy <laughs> and smile. That's it's a nice profession. It's, yeah. it's a fun profession. And yeah. and one of the things that differentiates the landscape architects, they can really draw. Ooh. They're they're artists. I, I can draw. I'm not an artist. They're artists. You know, I'll send you some examples. In what way? I mean, that surprises me. Um like just just because I, I mean I'm I'm is it because they're they're dealing with more organic forms? Yeah, so it's three dimensional. To... It's more three dimensional. Okay, you know we draw plans, elevations. We do some renderings, but the truth is we hire people to do renderings because it has to really, maybe not early, but through the process, you really want that owner to see what that's going to look like right. in detail. Right. And so a lot of the renderings are hired, uh, and firms have specialists who do the rendering as well. So the landscape folks, it's it's organic, it's three-dimensional, it's pattern, texture, you know, on the ground. Yeah. It's sidewalk, it's plantings, it's rubberized product in a playground. Yeah. And so And there's also kind of a time element because your your building's not gonna grow after you make it. <laughs> but yeah. the landscape has different stages. Yes. Right? And it has to be redone. I mean, yeah. over over fifty years, forty years, rejuvenated. Mm. So, um, so, what was your question? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just having fun. It, it was <laughs> no. It was what, what else I would do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, still don't have an answer for that, even after thinking about it a little longer. Probably, I don't want to be an engineer. I know that. Okay, that's I. Do, I know that also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure I could be an engineer when I talked to yeah. some of these engineers. They're they're just they're book smart, right? They're, right. they're really very talented. Um, I don't know. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't. I don't have a. Well, fortunately, for I don't think you have to worry about finding another job. No, I, I don't need to. <laughs> You'll you don't be need all to right. worry about that. No, <laughs> you'll be all right. Uh, well, Gary, this has been awesome. You know, I I guess. This is a chance for me to ask, are there questions that you'd hoped I would ask you that I haven't asked oh, yeah, yet? That, that's, yes, there are. Let me think about a few of those. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I think perhaps a little more about registration mm. because there could be a young person listening to this. And, and so the analogy is I could be a bookkeeper, but I'm not an accountant. I'm not a CPA. I could be a designer or a drafts person, but I'm not an architect because you become a registered architect and you're licensed. And, and, I, and I bring that up because for the, in the minority, uh, trying to grow minorities and expand our, our group architects looking like the general public, their superpower is becoming registered, becoming a licensed architect. And that's where they need to strive to be if they want to be an architect. Yeah. And and unfortunately, over the last 20 years, 30 years, we had young minorities who basically came to realize that even if they were registered, it would not have helped their career. And, and unfortunately, I think that's true. 
But now we're trying to increase that number of registered architects. And the hard part, Doug, is that the best time to get registered is three or five years out of school. You, you, you know the book, you know the, oh, yeah. you know the academic yeah. side of it. And so when you're, uh, there's a young man that I'm, I'm working with his firm and he's 40 years old. He just, he just is not, he wants to, but he just can't become, and he's talented. It's just been too long. Yeah, and that so, makes sense. And so uh, I'm just glad you called a 40 year old man a young man. I, that's that feels good. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> well, yes, compared to me. Um, so I think it's I think it's the registration, the licensure, the superpower, and let and I always say to the young people, you control your career if you're a registered architect. Ooh, you control your career. Awesome. So, well, Gary, it's been great to have you here. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed hearing your story and, and learning about you. If there's a, you know, a funny story or something oh. that uh, that you think of that you want to share, let me know. But I, I uh, do want to share a story. Yeah, yeah. So, um, boy, many years ago, so so we're designing a hospital, big addition, and the foundation rests on solid ground somewhere down below. You do okay. soil borings to figure that out. So we did we did soil borings. Structural engineer designed everything as they should. And so before you put in piles, piles are just a single cylinder that goes down. Sometimes it hits rock. Sometimes the friction stops it. Sure. So we're doing everything right. And you always do a test pile before a project starts. Well, we do a test pile and it fails. Mm. Everybody's looking at each other like, into our textbooks. What, but, what, what does fail mean? Like, uh, what, it, it, it slipped. It oh, went it, too it, far down. Too far down. It, okay. it didn't have the proper friction. Sure. Um, this big project, we're all thinking, oh my Lord, what are we going to do? Kind of check our textbooks. So we ultimately find an engineer in Nashville that I happen to know, when we're t- structural engineer, we're talking to him, he, and he's giving some advice. I said, well, how, how often does this happen? He said, oh, my guess is maybe two or three Test piles fail in the entire country in a year. Oh boy! <laughs> and I say, oh boy, thanks, Tom. Uh, so we finally get that answer, and the client wants to start this project, but you can't. Yeah. So ultimately, we get that all figured out. The day comes that we're going to do another. We're going to test again. The pump fails. The, the the pump basically you build kind of a wood thing and you put this pressure on it, sure. and the pump fails. And we are just thinking, oh, my goodness. So we had to wait a couple more days before we got a new pump. And so finally, got the pump, got the new design, et cetera, et cetera. So we ultimately said, well, what do you think it was? He says, well, I think it was dinosaur dung. (laughs) He says, I think, and he knew a lot about the soils. He said, I think that this area happened to have a lot, and we just ran in. We were wrong place, wrong time, wrong situation. Dinosaur dung. Dinosaur dung. In all seriousness? Oh, yeah. He was dead there, there must have been like a dinosaur hummus pit nearby or something. That's, that's what he said. <laughs> I said, oh, thanks. I said, do you want to present that to the board? Uh, that's he said, hilarious. no, no, thanks. Yeah. Wow. So, right. well. so, so, we, so it, we, we have fascinating stories about our projects. You'd find it interesting that, and that project had some other problems. When a project goes right, it just stays right. When a project has problems, it just... Kind of like a car, maybe. You know? Snake bitten, right? Yeah, snake bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Good story. Yeah. So, all right. Thought you'd enjoy that one. <laughs> well, now, 
If you ever meet someone in that same situation, you'll know what to tell them. It's probably Dinosaur, dinosaur Dung. Dung. Yeah. <laughs> be the title of this episode. Yeah. Well, I hope not. Hope not. <laughs> Gary, thanks for coming on. Oh, it was great. Thank you so much. I've been, you have a great team. Uh, OFS is a great organization. And Thank you. Uh, you guys are just doing good work. I appreciate it. Yeah. design stories, visit us at OFS.com slash imagineaplace. From OFS, I'm Doug Shapiro. Thanks for listening.